Hi there, it's Matt here, and welcome back to the podcast. Yawning. <laughs> we all do it. We've all seen it, both in ourselves, in other people, even in our pets. <laughs> Sometimes I think I even see some of my aquarium fish yawn when I'm talking out loud to myself. Anyway, getting back to it, more important than all of these things is that we all think we know what yawning means. And I say that because when you take a big yawn in the evening or you see your significant other yawn, you say, ah, it's time to go to bed, my dear. But wait just a minute. We made an assumption there. We assumed that yawning indicates sleepiness. But does it? Well, today I'm going to unpack yawning. We will learn what it is, what it is not, and also the current scientific understanding as to exactly why it is that we yawn. Or at least I should say the leading scientific theories, plural, as to why we yawn. <laughs> why we yawn. That should be the title of my next book after the previous one, which was called Why We Sleep. For those who are struggling with sleep, one recommendation that I've mentioned on this podcast before is meditation. To be honest, I was a complete skeptic at first. I just thought it was all a little bit out there. But the data was just so strong for sleep. So I tried it. And that was seven years ago. And I've now been meditating for 10 minutes before bed every night. The app that I've been using is called Calm. And I decided to partner with them. And Calm have agreed to offer a full 40% off its premium subscription to you, the listener. So if you want to get that 40% off and start your meditation journey, just go to calm.com forward slash Matt Walker. So that is calm, C-A-L-M dot com forward slash Matt Walker. The reason I wanted to do this podcast is because surprisingly, even though we all think that we know what yawning indicates, science has yet to come up with a definitive answer or at least a definitive function of yawning. Isn't that surprising? But the theories that we do have are utterly intriguing, and some of them will really upend the way that you think about yawning. By the way, let me just take a quick step back, and it's what we love to do here on our podcast, which is understand words. The root of the word yawn, or the etymology of the word actually derives from the Middle English word yanane, which then comes from the Old English word of gionane. And gionane means open the mouth wide or basically to gape. And so the word yawn is literally to open one's mouth wide. And by the way, we believe that the term that was initially created is likely imitating the actual sound of the action of yawning itself. Although in truth, I think that's probably a little bit far-fetched. If you are a real 
word nerd like me, you may also want to know that the Latin derivative of the word yawn is hiatus, which means an opening or a gap or a pause. And you've probably heard people talking about taking a hiatus from something. Well, it literally means to take a pause from something or add a gap from something. So that's the definition of yawning. Let's get to exactly what yawning is as a physiological process, because it will give us some clues as to ultimately the functions of yawning. Yawning is a set of behaviors that we call a reflex, and there are many different reflexes. I'm sure many of you are familiar with this sort of knee-jerk reflex that the doctor will sometimes do when they tap just below your patella and you get this knee-jerk reflex. Well, yawning is also a reflex, and it's what we call the yawning response. And at first you think, well, that seems simple enough. But yawning as a process is actually incredibly complex as a physiological phenomenon. Because when we've studied it in detail in the laboratory, yawning is characterized by a very distinct series of steps. And those steps involve involuntary movements of various muscle groups. And the primary yawning muscle groups involved center around respiration and your facial regions. A sponsor of today's show is Inside Tracker, which is a service that comes out to your home and they will analyze your blood and your DNA to know precisely what is going on inside of you. Hence the name Inside Tracker. They look at your blood, your metabolic signals, your hormonal health metrics, and then they give you a personalized, actionable set of lifestyle changes in response to that readout. And the goal there is to improve your health. I was looking and informed they have some new cardiovascular and new hormonal biomarkers that I'm particularly interested in. One that I'm focused on is something called ApoB, which is an absolutely critical heart health measure. And I get it done now with them somewhere between four to six times a year. Why? Well, my family, unfortunately, has a strong history of cardiovascular disease. So I am checking that pretty ruthlessly. And by the way, I do buy the product myself out of pocket. I don't want to fall prey to any of those trappings and undue incentives. Although with full admission, I still use my own discount code that you can use to get some money off. And that code for you is insidetracker.com forward slash Matt Walker. So just go over to insidetracker.com forward slash Matt Walker. And again, if you want to get that discount, it is insidetracker.com forward slash Matt Walker. Thanks very much. What it is that triggers the yawning reflex is not fully understood, and we'll come on to that regarding the functions. In other words, why is it that you yawn? But that yawning reflex involves at least five distinct steps that we've separated it down into. Step one is called the pre-yawn trigger phase. 
as I said at the front end of this podcast, many of you will believe that the yawning reflex is often preceded by a sensation of fatigue and drowsiness and sleepiness. But if you interrogate your own memory, you'll also realize that yawning is not limited to that scenario. For example, yawning can be triggered by boredom, even though you are not sleepy. And so perhaps have you ever been having a conversation with someone, uh, <laughs> someone like me, and it's in the morning and you've had a great night of sleep and then suddenly you just yawn. And it's not because you're feeling sleepy at the end of the night, it's just that you're bored <laughs> with that current circumstance. We also know, as another example, that yawning can be triggered by seeing someone else yawn or even seeing something else yawn, like your dog. It is called contagion, and contagious yawning is very well documented. <laughs> By the way, it goes in reverse too, if you look at the data, that you can yawn in response to your dog yawning. In fact, when we bring people into the lab, and we even just tell them, would you mind just for the next few minutes, just think about yawning? Guess what happens? The chances of people yawning during those periods increases significantly. So what I'm trying to do here is demonstrate that there are lots of different triggers that seem to be causing this yawning reflex. It's not just sleepiness. So that's the first step, the trigger phase. On to step two, which is the jaw opening step. And this is accompanied by a stretching of the jaw muscles. And when we look and we analyze the different facial musculature, the muscles included in the yawning reflex jaw opening are both what we call the lateral and medial pterygoid muscles, which attach at the base of the skull and they help your mouth open and close. And then after that second step of the jaw opening phase comes on to something that, of course, is indicative of the yawn, which is a very deep inhale. And it's a very prolonged inhalation. And I'll return to this prolonged inhalation when we come back to the functions of yawning. Because what is an inhalation? Well, one of the things that an inhalation does is increase the intake of oxygen-rich air. So from that, and we'll come back to this in just a little while, we could perhaps suggest that when your brain is sensing a drop in oxygen or a rise in carbon dioxide, which is initially done at the very lowest level of your brain, there are sensing cells within your brainstem that figure out all of that oxygen to carbon dioxide ratio, and then on to step four, which comes at the top of that inhalation. And as you inhale, all of a sudden, what you may not be familiar with is that there is a brief pause. And that pause is what we call an apnea. Now, by the way, this is not the version of apnea that I've discussed before in terms of sleep apnea, but apnea simply just means an absence of breath. And when you pause breathing, that by definition is an apnea. And then finally, we come on to step five, which is the exhalation. But that 
exhalation is reliably shorter than the inhalation. And again, I'll come back to that in just a little bit. But there, ladles and jelly spoons, boys and girls, are the five steps of your yawn. So that is the physiological process of yawning itself, a reflex process. That still doesn't tell us anything about why. Why do we yawn? What is the function or what are the functions, plural, of yawning? Well, that's where it gets tricky. Right now, there are several non-mutually exclusive, well, somewhat non-mutually exclusive, because some of these theories help debunk other of the theories. But anyway, there are these somewhat non-mutually exclusive theories that have tried to explain why we yawn based on scientific studies that have tried to interrogate this question. The first hypothesis is not actually about oxygen in your brain or in your blood and the modulation of that carbon dioxide to oxygen ratio, but it's about cooling your brain. And by way of cooling your brain, enhancing your mental efficiency and particularly enhancing your alertness. Stick with me here, folks. The idea is that the act of yawning by that long, deep inhalation draws a significant amount of cool ambient air into your body. And by drawing in that cooler air, you are essentially trying to dissipate heat. And why do you want to dissipate heat? Because the functionality of your brain is very sensitive to temperature. In fact, you only have to think of moving slightly into the direction of fever, and people will describe almost a fever delirium, as if that person is not thinking straight anymore. Now, that's a very extreme example. But here, we're talking about a very mild version of that, that the brain starts to sense that it is overheating a little bit. And when it does that, it needs to cool itself down. And just like a dog panting, which is their principal way of what we call thermoregulation, we do a version of that, and it's called the yawning reflex. And even just small fractions of a degree of temperature change can matter significantly. So that is theory number one, which is that yawning acts, I suppose, almost like a radiator for your brain allowing it to function more effectively by maintaining that optimal temperature. And when you're drawing in that cool air, it improves its efficiency. So that hypothesis is really rather different just simply to the idea of being bored or having sleepiness in your system. The next theory is a little bit more wacky. It's called the behavioral synchronization hypothesis of yawning let's just call it the behavioral synchronization theory, proposes that contagious yawning functions to synchronize or coordinate group behavior between group species. And in fact, etiological studies of wild animals have shown that natural clustering of yawning within a group occurs right before a collective group of animals transitions to a different behavior. And it's statistically reliable. And there was a fascinating study, maybe two years ago, 
And it was a study by Cassetta and colleagues, and they tracked wild African lions. And what they found was that the collective body movements of the lions all synchronized more as a group after a contagious yawn. So, for example, when that pride of lions transitioned from moving to resting or vice versa, it was preceded commonly by a synchronized yawn, a yawn that one instigated, which then spread contagion-like to facilitate the group behavior en masse. So it's almost as though yawning is acting like an orchestral conductor of movement. The other supporter of this podcast is the electrolyte drink company called Element. Now, it's actually four letters, L-M-N-T. I am a bit of an exercise fanatic, and I started buying their products some years ago, really, because of two key facts. First is the lack of sugar content. Element has no sugar. It also has no colorings, no artificial ingredients, which is unlike many of the other mixes out there that I was shopping The second is because of the founders who have some serious years of biochemistry experience under their belts and they know what they're doing. So if you want to give it a try, just go to drinklmnt.com forward slash Matt Walker and you will get eight free sample packs on any order that you place. Once again, that is drinklmnt.com t.com forward slash Matt Walker. And now the final theory. And that theory does in fact center on oxygen and carbon dioxide balance. And the theory proposes that yawning is an involuntary reflex aimed at managing levels of oxygen and carbon dioxide within our bodies. And according to the theory, When individuals are in a state of boredom or sleepiness, their breathing rate slows down. And because it slows down due to that boredom or sleepiness, it leads to a reduction in oxygen reaching our lungs. And as a consequence, there is a reduction of oxygen in our bloodstream and a buildup of carbon dioxide in the blood because you're not inhaling and exhaling. And the brain and the brainstem senses these changes. And in response, what we get is a yawn. And that yawn, remember the long inhale, bring in more oxygen or the quick exhale, which is to expel carbon dioxide. And the whole goal is to try to balance these blood gases. Now that sounds remarkably reasonable, doesn't it? However, this theory has faced some serious scrutiny. And there are a number of scientific studies that I think, at least, really challenge with quite some rigor this proposal. And there was one study done by Provine and colleagues, and it illustrated this just brilliantly. What they did was have individuals breathe in either higher levels of oxygen or conversely, higher levels of carbon dioxide. And what they found was that those manipulations did not influence the frequency of yawning, which is completely counter 
to what the oxygen-carbon dioxide balance theory of yawning would suggest. Now, those manipulations, to be sure, certainly did increase the breathing rates of those individuals, but there were no changes in yawning. And additional studies have demonstrated, for example, that physical exercise, particularly going from aerobic to anaerobic exercise, which obviously modulates levels of oxygen and carbon dioxide in the blood, did not affect yawning frequency either. <laughs> now, I have to say, I do tend to see a lot of people at the gym in the morning yawning, but that's probably all about something different. Maybe it's simply just being around me. I don't know. <laughs> it's a new theory. Rather than contagious yawning, it's osmotic yawning based on my personality. Anyway, there have been other studies, at least two other studies, that have manipulated oxygen intake or carbon dioxide intake, and they find exactly the same thing. There was no change in yawning. So on that basis, I think it seems at least logical or reasonable to suggest that the regulation of oxygen and carbon dioxide levels in our blood is at least not the primary function for why we yawn. And if you look at all of the data and all of the theories, at least when I do that, my reading and my sense is that the primary function of yawning, at least based on the data that we have right now, is really about cooling. And more specifically, about cooling the brain regions at key specific moments in time. In other words, yawning is of your brain, by your brain, and principally for your brain in terms of a function. <laughs> so next time you see someone yawning, and only if you know them well enough, go and give them a hug and say, it's all going to be okay. I know that you're having a rising temperature in your brain right now. Please keep yawning, cool yourself down. And when you walk away, I promise they will sever all friendship ties with you faster than uh, an Instagram influencer spotting good lighting for a selfie. Matthew, that was, <laughs> that was far from nice. I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. Sending love universal to all. <laughs> I'm right there with you, my dear good fellow Lex Friedman. And with that quite spectacular faux pas of political incorrectness complete, I will simply say thank you so much for listening and tuning in. I hope this has been interesting. Take care. I will see you in the next episode. Bye for now. <laughs>